Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Okay, thanks for tuning in tonight. Top of the sixth. Blue Jays looking good, leading the Orioles 4-1. Jays looking good to be a wild card team here going into the final, uh, what are we into, about the final three weeks of the regular season. Elks and Stampeders Saturday. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Of course, it's right here on 6.30, Chad. 4.30 with the countdown to kickoff, and the game will be at 6. Elks 3-9 and nine on the season and uh, losing a lot of close games along the way, including another one on Labor Day to Calgary. Uh, we will see. We will see if they can finally get that home field win against the Stamps on Saturday. The Battle of Alberta in football, the Battle of Alberta in hockey, that should be an interesting one coming up to discuss that and more. Who knows what else from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. It is my good buddy, Pat Steinberg. Hey, Pat. Hello, Reed. I'm in the middle of doing a, a fantasy football draft with uh, the folks from my radio station. Uh, so I am uh, I'm doing that, but I'm more interested in talking to you about all of the lovely topics that we have. Uh, we have 14 teams in this league. I'm picking 13th. On the turn, I got Devontae Adams and two picks later, I got Alvin Kamara, if you're interested. Um, otherwise, let's talk some other things. Uh, no, didn't Adams, uh, he, didn't he change teams? Is he the one that went to the Raiders? Yes, he is now a Raider. Right, okay. Um, now, you're doing this on your phone. You're not doing this in person, I hope. No, I'm, 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 I'm doing the draft on my MacBook, and I'm talking to you on the phone, and you are oh, right. of the highest priority. Yes, I, I'm good. Well, thanks for uh, multitasking. Certainly, so I, I'm not going to say when, but I have done fantasy football drafts while I'm on air. Oh, so have I. I'll, I'll tell you, I've done them. I've done them during like a Flames game before. Ah, I, oh like, my it, goodness! Yeah, like uh, it would it would have been uh, it would have been a Penticton game if I remember correctly. Uh, but I, I have done it before. All right. Uh, now, before we get into stuff. Yeah. How is your? Uh, did you did you go to Paris or Europe or something like that, or or you went to uh, Airdrie? You went somewhere exotic. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Airdrie, uh, beautiful, beautiful town. They've got a brand new Canadian brew house, uh, an Edmonton, uh, an Edmonton staple. No, I went. Uh, I, I spent most of not most of August, but I spent about uh, two weeks of August and a few days in July in uh, in France. I did Paris. I did Lyon. I did Strasbourg and then uh, back to Paris, and it was awesome. It was a great trip. I, I've been learning French for the last three years, and I've applied it in Quebec, but I, I, for the first time, I got to go to France. It was awesome, man. Uh, did you see any sporting events? Uh, I was going to go see the season opener for Olympique Lyon in their uh, top 
football league when I was there, but I just decided I wanted to go to the bar instead. So I did not end up, uh, I did not end up going. It was, it was like a 40 minute commute on the, on transit, which by the way, like transit in Europe is just such a different world, but it was still like 40 minutes. I'm like, you know what? I just want to go have some beers. And I did that instead. So I did not. Different world. How? Part of the How's the TV. transit different? How's the transit that different? What, what do you mean? Wow. I mean, have you seen the metros in major European cities or even the tram lines? Like what, the, the LRT in Edmonton's got two lines. We've got two lines in our LRT down here. They go to very limited places. Like you can get anywhere on a train. And I'm not just talking about like Paris, London, Berlin. Um, I'm, I'm talking about like... We're, we're talking about cities of a million people. You can get anywhere. Strasbourg's a city of like 350,000 people or something like that. You can get anywhere on their tram line. Uh, it's, just, it's just a different world. You know, like you do not need a car in a European city. Uh, all right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that trip. We'll, we'll have to talk more about that uh, off air because I, I am interested in those stories. Um, I, I'm going to throw one at you here. It's, it's an Edmonton topic, but... Um, I've done my research. You've, you've done your research because uh, you know a lot about the Oilers as well. So the Oilers are, are starting at uh, Oilers Hall of Fame. The, the gentlemen who already have their banners hanging are automatically going to go in. They're going to pick two other people to go in this year as part of the inaugural class. They'll be announced September 20th. Who, who would your pick be from sort of an outsider's rival market perspective? Okay, so the guy that came to my mind first was Esatikinen just because of what he did to the Flames in the last Battle of Alberta prior to the one we just witnessed in May. And it's not like Tikkanen was a, an average oiler either. Like, he was a pretty, pretty, but like, People like people who were alive in the early 1990s, uh, they like you know how it's uh, Bucky bleeping Dent in uh, in Boston and or, or, or Aaron bleeping Boone. Why well, it's like Essa bleeping Tekken, and that's that's the type of that's the type of lore he has in Calgary. So he came to mind immediately, and he was a damn good player when uh, when he wore those colors. But the guy the guy that is slam dunk, and this is recency bias for me. Because, you know, I covered him, and he was a really good player while I was kind of right into being a fan of the NHL and then covering the NHL. Like, for me, it's, uh, it's Ryan Smith. Like, Ryan Smith is the guy that jumps off the page to me. He was such an unbelievable ambassador for the Oilers. He was an ambassador for the league. He was an ambassador for the city of Edmonton. And, and for the longest time, even though he was not a, you know, he's not Connor, he's not Leon, he's not Gretz, he's not scoring 100 points a year. But, like, did, did he not, and, and you would know this more than anything else, being a guy who spent the vast majority of his life in this province and, and, and in Edmonton, like, he embodied everything that, that is Edmonton, right? Like, hard work blue collar and i'm not trying to do the whole blue collar white collar thing but look like what i think of edmonton as 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 a town that like yeah people are just, like it's it's a hard-working town people care about the job they do and and it's like like that was ryan smith he, he embodied so much of of what alberta is what edmonton is the capital city of our uh, of our province i like to me he's the guy that jumps off the page and i say that with 
a vast appreciation for the city of Edmonton. Like, I'm, I'm trying not to do the Calgary-Edmonton thing. I love your city. I love being up there. I love being at Ice District. I love being on the uh, – I, I love being an old Strathcona. And just everything about Smith and Edmonton, it just – it it, uh, it resonated with me. He was always an absolute pleasure to interact with. And he was a damn good player. And he was such a huge part of that 2006 run. And, and so, like, we're not – we can't be naming Connor and Leon at this point. So, yeah, Ryan Smith jumps off the page to me as uh, the number one guy. I, I do think Tikkanen is a guy that, that deserves some um, – deserves some conversation and then the other guy and again this is coming from an outsider standpoint but like in that in that stretch of time when the Edmonton Oilers were kind of the the Canadian team that wasn't bad in a stretch of time when all the Canadian teams are struggling because of the dollar um, and and during that whole Canadian equalization stretch in the NHL in the late 90s like was Doug Waite not the guy who kind of led the way for the Oilers and was was a high-end elite NHLer at the time so those are the three for me Waite, Smith, and Tikkanen. Tikkanen's more just because of what he did to the Flames in the playoffs. Smith, because of what he meant to the game and to the province and, and to the city. And I thought Doug Waite, when, when he was in Edmonton, damn, was he a good player. Uh, you're the only person to suggest Tikkanen that, that I've seen anyway. Um, and, a, and a bit on the one thing that's a little unfair to you is, um, you know, I think Joey Moss is going to be up there because it, it can be people who contributed to the organization. Right, and I ways. forgot. I forgot that I should. I should have thought of Joey. Um, and I, like, I, I know that Rod's going in. So yes, absolutely. I was thinking just from a, a player standpoint. Yeah, I, to me, Ryan Smith and Joey Moss would be my first two. But yep. uh, I mean, John John Muckler coached them to a cup. I had I had Doug Wait down. Uh, I had Bill Hunter down, first owner. I think Charlie Huddy, another player who was maybe a little bit unsung. Uh, he might be a guy who goes in someday. It, it's a fun topic for sure. What a summer covering the Flames, eh? Um, <laughs> talk about the, the – well, I was going to say the peaks and the valleys, but that's not true. It was the valleys and then the peaks, perhaps, uh, for, for Flames fans this summer. It was – I like. I mean, let's, let's be perfectly honest, Reed. Like, it was – an unprecedented year for for the for the Calgary Flames in the offseason. Like think about all like it was an absolute roller coaster. What they started with and the way that it has gone since then. Um, they they went from being in an absolute disaster where you know they were talking about whether or not well I, I do I, I absolutely believe there was a conversation going on behind closed doors after they found out that Johnny Gaudreau had left and, and decided to sign in Columbus and after Matthew Kachuk made his intentions known kind of in that one week run where we were determining what is going to happen next and what is this uh, what is this trade for Matthew Kachuk going to look like because we knew he was going to get dealt um, it was kind of like okay do they rebuild do they go in a different direction or do they somehow try to stay competitive and the fact that Brad Living was able to go from absolute like 
franchise changing in a bad way pieces of news. Johnny Gaudreau leaves for nothing and was that close to re-signing, like literally minutes away from pen on paper, and he opted to go to free agency. And then a few days later, a conversation with Craig Oster, the agent for Matthew Kachuk and Bradford, I think he says, yeah, he's not going to sign here long-term either. It's probably better if you trade him. Like, those things can devastate a franchise. But that, that is akin to Leon and Connor doing the same thing. And imagine what, like, the conversation would be in your market. You're like, where do they go from here? And the only saving grace was that Kachuk, as a restricted free agent, still offered a significant amount of trade value to the team that he was going to go to. But they had to negotiate a contract, and there was only a handful of teams that Matthew Kachuk was willing to sign long-term with, which made it very difficult to maximize value. But it was very early on, and I apologize. There's a very loud train going by my apartment. Yeah, but it was very... I thought, is somebody vacuuming or is Pat at the airport? But it's a train. I'm on the, It'd be I'm, cool I'm if on you were the vacuuming. 20th. I'm on the 20th floor, and I, I am right on top of the CP main line. So I'm used to this, but uh, I, imagine, I don't do a lot of radio interviews with my door open, but it's very hot down here. Um, but but the, the, the minute that Florida, which was on Matthew's list, the minute Florida said, hey, we're willing to put these guys on the table, and they were one of the teams early on to do so, it, it became a situation where the path, I think, became clear for Bradshaw Living and the Flames. If, if they're going to put like bonafide high-end NHLers like Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger on the table – it, it kind of spelt the direction for Tre Living in the Flames. And it's time, okay, we, we can still be competitive here because the Kachuk trade brought in, you, you lose one high-end player, you bring in two high-end players. With Johnny leaving, you're kind of net even when it comes to high-end. And then you go and you sign Nassim Kadri to a long-term deal. And, you know, what that deal looks like on the back half of it is his other thing. But what Kadri is right now is a high-end center iceman, a high-end two-way center iceman that, that helps the Flames out immediately. So, so they went from being down 219 points to adding almost the same amount prorated. If you take a look at Kadri's numbers, he would have been right in the same conversation with Matthew Kachuk, and, and you're swapping winger for winger. Gaudreau has 115. Huberdeau has 115. So they end, and, and they add a top four defenseman in Mackenzie Weger to add to a pretty decently deep blue line to begin with. So there's something to be said in my eyes for when a direction is presented or a direction is decided upon organizationally to fully commit to that. And whether, whether we thought it was the right call or not, the Flames decided they were not going to rebuild, they were not going to retool, they were not going to go in a different direction. They were going to try to stay competitive and build on the success of this past year with a different group of hockey players. And they made that decision, and now they've fully committed to it. You don't sign Jonathan Huberdeau to an eight-year, $84 million contract. You don't make that trade with Florida, and you don't throw almost $50 million at Nazem Kadri unless you are committing to a direction. So we'll see. I don't. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if it's going to mean that they're going to be able to get past Edmonton in the playoffs when they hopefully inevitably meet again this May. But if if if, if it can help them take one step, then I think this has been a successful offseason. And more than anything else, Reed, just the fact that they are not in a disastrous situation and we're not talking about them picking up the pieces and we're not talking about them, you know, are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to be closer to the bottom than they are to a playoff spot? Like, we're not having those conversations. And the fact they were able to pull that out of the fire, to me, is a pretty successful offseason. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and, and the Battle of Alberta will rage on, which is going to be pretty fun. Uh, BOA on the football field, uh, Pat, just to get a quick thought on that. I, I mean, look, I, I've been talking about the Elks and how close they are, and, and they're they're losing games because of four or five plays that don't go their way. Yeah. The stamps are interesting to me. Um, they, they appear to be in the process of moving on from Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, there's nothing wrong with a 7-4 and four record though they haven't beat anybody above them in the standings, which they're probably going to have to do at least twice if they want to eventually win uh, win the Grey Cup. Where are the Stamps at? Like, like who are they now with, the, with their record and the change at quarterback and all this? They are a team that I think is still trying to figure out exactly what they are. Um, I think that when they're a beat-up team defensively, starting to get a little healthier, but they, they have... They have sustained a significant amount of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And then even knowing that, they've been a team that I think has been more so predicated on their success away from the ball than when they've had it. Now, the good news is in, I want to say, six of the eight quarters that Jake Mayer has started so far this year, he's been really, really good. Like, they lost that game in, what, week 11, uh, week 12 against Winnipeg on the road at IG Field. They lost that game. They could have won it, but they lost it. And look, the Bombers are head and shoulders better than the Stampeders, head and shoulders better than everybody. And they know how to get the job done in the fourth quarter. Close game, down by however many in the fourth, doesn't matter. They figure it out. That's what they've done the last two seasons. That's what they're doing again this year. And I think most will be shocked if they don't win the Grey Cup or at the very least are, are in that conversation. Um, and so, they, but, but Jake Mayer was superb that game. He was cool under pressure. The best defensive line in the CFL was all over him and he was he was outstanding and almost led the Stampeders to a win. He struggled for the first two quarters at McMahon on Labor Day uh, and then figured it out and, and that third quarter especially he, he really turned it around and Dave Dickinson was, you know, I saw all of the they gotta go back to Bo, they gotta go back to Bo at halftime. Dave Dickinson stuck to his guns made the right call and stayed with the guy that they're trying to see if he can establish himself. They're trying to see if Jake Mayer can actually turn himself into a long-term starter in the CFL and to pull him after six quarters of starting for the, the guy that has been your guy for the longest time, I don't think that sends the greatest message to him or the team. So I think they made the right call. But I do think they're still trying to figure out what they are. Um, and Jake Mayer still trying to establish himself. They've got some really good pieces. They've got good receivers. They've got who I think is the best tailback in the CFL. And they've got a, even though they're depleted defensively, they've got some good person there but what they have shown to this this point is that they're a good team not a great team they have not been able to get past you know key moments against the good teams the lions when rourke was still healthy and three games against the bombers which have all been close which have all been contested but when it has mattered the most winnipeg is executed better than calgary has so i think right now calgary is a middle tier cfl team a playoff team and a team that 
could be better when it matters the most. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to fall into that classic adage in the, C- in the CFL of peaking at the right time, peaking in October, November, and we'll see if they can do it. But right now, they're a middle-tier team. They're, they're favored against the Elks on, uh, on Saturday, as they should be. But, hey, that, that could have gone either way. Taylor Cornelius' second half was equally as impressive as Jake Mayer's was. The Elks have been close. They've been right there. And they're going to be motivated at home. So I, I think – I think we're talking about another close game between these two teams. Um, but I, I, I do think the Stamps have established they're a playoff team, and now they're trying to build themselves here in the second half of the season into more than just a playoff team. Pat, I'll let you get back to your NFL fantasy draft. Uh, take a look at Steve Largent. I think he's going to have a big season. It's been, we've done this, we've been on for like 20 minutes. I've picked four times. It's the slowest draft of all time. So uh, they did it. They did it for us. They, they wanted to make sure that I could have my full undivided attention on Reed Wilkins. Pat, thanks for checking in, buddy. Bye, buddy. We'll talk soon. Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. A little bit on his trip to France. That sounded like fun. And uh, talking about the BOA when it comes to both the Flames against the Oilers and the Elks against the Stampeders. Love talking to that gentleman. Always love talking to you. Uh, 780-496-0063. We continue to get messages about the Oilers Hall of Fame. We'll get to more of those. And Calvin McCarty is coming up. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, you can go to my Twitter account, at Reed Wilkins. Should Peter Pocklington at some point be inducted into the Edmonton Oilers Hall of Fame, you can participate in the poll. Right now, we got 54.6% no, 45.4% yes. Kellen, you got anything for me quick? Yeah, a couple quick ones here. We got Dan texted in, says, Reed, it's going to be Ryan Smith. He just knows it. And Kevin, who tried to send in Alice Hemsky's name, but it came up as Alice Hemsky, Alicia Hemsky. And he says, freaking voice text. I think you know who I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've had an Alicia Hemsky ever involved with the Oilers organization, but who knows? Okay. We will uh, get to more of your feedback there. Fun topic tonight about the Oilers Hall of Fame and one of the all-time greats to talk to on this show, 2015 Great Cup champion. We're going to talk Labor Day. We're going to talk fatherhood. We're going to talk training the next generation of athletes. It is Calvin McCarty when we get back.